Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. everybody welcome once again to the program better than before i'm tony richards and i'm so happy that we get to spend this time together every single week to learn together and to discuss and bring topics to light and today special guest on my program one of the best business strategists for coaches and consultants people who do what i do for a living they want to sell and scale ultra high-end services Jessica Yarborough, that's her specialty, and she helps people like me and you if you're a coach or consultant, and I've wanted to have her on for a very long time. We finally have it done today, and she's going to be here in just a couple of minutes. Later on in today's show, I'm going to, in my part of the show, I'm going to focus on three big ideas to pass on to you to end our program with a huge boost today. It's sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Stand by, Jessica Yarborough is here today and we'll be visiting with her next on Better Than Before here on the C-Suite Radio Network. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and I am pleased as punch to welcome Jessica Yarborough to our podcast today. She has quickly developed a reputation of being one of the best business strategists for coaches and consultants who want to sell and scale ultra high-end services. Makes her one of my favorite people. Her background is in international business, and she's built multiple companies. She is an absolute genius at showing entrepreneurs how to build an expert platform, rapidly raise their value, build their credibility online, and attract high-paying clients. That's like the quadruple threat right there, folks. She travels the world teaching and inspiring entrepreneurs and helping them grow their influence and make the income and impact that they desire to have. Jessica, I'm so glad I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, and I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me. You bet. So tell us a little bit about your, I mean, I want to get into all the stuff I just read. It's hard not to jump right in there, but I just want to talk a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up and what's your life story? Oh, well, I feel like it's a pretty interesting one. I grew up in Charlotte. (laughs) I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I actually moved out here when I was a teenager. My mom got a job offer from a headhunter. She was a inspiration, a powerhouse in a woman who escalated her career in a male dominated world. And she was an inspiration for me. I actually managed several companies. Then I went to university in Spain. I came back and I built a startup company here in San Diego. And it was amazing because it was my dream. And I had developed this business plan in college. And I met the man with the key in San Diego, the key to unlocking it and the funding. So definitely the divine unfolding of my life was happening there. And so it was really cool to build a business from literally just having desk and no computers to an international company. But I was quite young, on the verge of burnout at a really young age. And I actually went to Southeast Asia on vacation and had a spiritual awakening. Oh, wow. I came back. I sold everything that I owned. I gave up my shares in the company and I bought a one-way ticket. And I spent four years traveling the earth, having all kinds of incredible experiences, living in Asia, living in Central America. I became a yoga teacher. I was like, I'm done with the business world. I'm on this whole other path. And I can tell you great stories from those travels. Then I was back in San Diego and I got pregnant with my daughter and I became a single mom. So there was my other come to Jesus moment and uh, where I was like, okay, wait a minute. I need to lean into the gifts that I know beyond obviously teaching yoga and go back into the business world. And I could have gotten a marketing job and had a six figure salary. And I wasn't interested in that. I had already experienced too much and so much freedom and independence. So I took the harder path and I built my business from the ground up into a multi seven figure business it is today while raising my daughter on my own. Wow. That's fantastic. Now I just want to ask, what were the circumstances around the spiritual awakening? You know, I I feel like that I grew up really fast. So to give you an example, like I was an achiever. So when I was 13 and 14, I spent my summers volunteering in the hospital And when other kids were playing, I was in the hospital in pre-op surgery, doing medical billing, even though I was a volunteer, because I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And then I decided I 
didn't like hospitals after doing that for two years, but I grew up really fast. I managed my first company at the age of 16. And I feel like that I was on this path of just succeed, succeed. And when I had a moment to pause, even after building something incredible, I just came to this realization that life doesn't have to be so linear, you know, where you follow this very strict path to success. And what happened when I was there is another path opened up to me. One, I wanted to do more traveling. I had lived in Europe. I had done some international travel, but Asia was like a whole other aspect of the world. And then I also saw that I needed to come into greater alignment with who I was at my core, not who I was raised to be or what I had taken on by society. I needed to do some deep inner work. And that was the realization I had. And so I went on a journey and this going to sound maybe kind of cheesy. It was really a journey of self-love and no, I love this story. I love this story. <laughs> and now it, I got a question for you yeah, now, yeah. and I want you to keep going, but yeah. so what were the effects of that on your friends and family when that happened? Oh, it was a shocker. I would say that the majority of people did not support me. Because they, they didn't understand. understand it. Yeah, they didn't right? understand. So I had a couple of friends that were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I wish I could do it, which I thought was hilarious because anybody can do it. But of course, my family, surprisingly, like definitely my parents, and my brother, they were like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You, this is your dream. You built this company. You've achieved what you like. You're on the path. Why would you walk away from it? Right. And I just had to do it. And I will tell you this. And then we don't, we can move on. We have to keep well, talking about I, this. No, I think this is fascinating. <laughs> this is fascinating. Well, the thing about this decision it was the most powerful decision I've ever made in my life because it was the first decision where I didn't ask anyone what they thought. I didn't survey because if I would have surveyed them, I would have got talked out of it. And I might have gone down on my path and it's fine. It would have been a fine path, but I actually could see my future and I wasn't happy with that future. It's like God showed me that. And I was like, you're going to be very successful, but you're not going to be happy in this path. And so that was a very empowering, defining moment in my life where I said, you know what? I'm not going to ask anybody. I'm going to sit with this decision and I'm on vacation. I'm detached from everything and I can get really quiet and really clear. One of the great spiritual teachers, Ram Dass says, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Right. And we live in a very noisy, distracted society. And so me getting quiet and clear allowed me to make that decision, even though, I mean, I didn't have a backup plan. It was, it was just like, okay, I'm supposed to do this. I know in my heart, I am supposed to do this. And I trusted my intuition and it took me on a very different path for years. But ironically, I still achieve far more success than I probably would have had I stayed on. Well, more, path. more, more personally fulfilling success for sure. Well, and absolutely. And I needed to learn those tools. I needed to learn how to take care of myself and learn meditation and understand who I was at a deeper level. And that impacted the kinds of friendships that I had. And it changed everything. It changed everything in my life. I think it's one of the great dichotomies of life is family and friends are great things. (laughs) I mean, they're wonderful things to have, but they do affect your belief system and they do affect your path. I have coached doctors who are doctors because their grandfather was a doctor and their father was a doctor. They became a doctor and they weren't happy being a doctor or an attorney or whatever. Right. But then you have other people who are just, they're perfectly fine with it. 
They love it. And so it is such an individual thing. And it just fascinated me because I always like to ask that, like when you decided to deviate from the path that everybody approved of, what were the effects, right? And you're always hoping that you're going to be supported and you're going to be cheered on. But yes, it doesn't happen that way, does it? A lot of times it doesn't. And that's why you have to. Well, you definitely have to trust yourself, which I think a lot of people don't trust themselves. And I do believe that the greatest, most successful people in the world are spiritual people and that there is a higher power that is guiding you, whatever that is. You might want to name them different things. But I think that's part of it, because even when I started my consulting business, my parents also didn't support me in that because they went into their own fears and insecurities. They were like, no, you need stability. You need a job, all of this. But I still went my own way. I mean, they knew I was going to do what I wanted to do. It's just, it's almost like they had to, because they weren't entrepreneurs, they had to put that up. And so you just have to, for anyone who it's very common that maybe your family doesn't support you in that. And I love them. We're very, very close that you just have to really dig deep and trust yourself and trust that if there is a voice inside you that is guiding you to do that, you can call it your inner guide. You can call it source. You can call it God. You can call it Jesus, whatever that person is for you. You need to trust that because they are not going to steer you wrong. Right. I got two thoughts. One is I think parenting, which I'm not one, you are. Yes. But I think parenting is one of the more difficult things that anyone would ever take on. And part of it is because I think parents raise children based on the world they know, not yes. the world the child's going to know. Mm. Right. Because the world, yes. how much has it changed just in you and I's lifetime? Right. A lot. <laughs> right. And so I think parents, a lot of times when we make those decisions like that, they're basing it on the world they knew and the things they did and the things that happened to them, which now yes. are completely different. The other thought I had was, I agree with you totally about spiritual people. I think one of the greatest qualities that spiritual people, and I'm talking about true spiritual people, sure. not necessarily religious people, Yes. but spiritual people is honesty. Mm. And I think they're very spiritual. People are very honest with themselves and they're very honest with others and they do business honestly. Yes. And that also has its own challenges. Yes, I know uh, you won't make as much money as some of the other guys, but, uh, well, you certainly won't go about it. The same, you won't go about it the same way, but yes. when you find partners and clients who I call partners or suppliers or vendors or whatever, when you find others like that, it's a beautiful relationship. Yes. I agree. And you also doesn't take you very long to figure out who you don't want to be in relationship with too. That's right. You get very, very clear and you learn discernment pretty quick. So after you became a world citizen and you came back, then how did you get into this practice of dealing with people like me, coaches, consultants, people like that? How did that come about? Well, I had already done consulting before I built my startup company. So I went back and started doing done for you consulting, which is, you know, done for you kind of marketing consulting. But what happened is I had this whole new pool of friends who saw me become successful. And they're like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, Jessica, we knew you as this yoga teacher traveling. Now you're the successful businesswoman. Can you teach us what you know? And that old adage, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, feed him for a lifetime right. is true. And I am a teacher at heart. That's why I became a yoga teacher. And I've been teaching since I was teaching school to my little stuffed animals as a child, right? 
So I am a teacher at heart and it's much more fulfilling than being behind the scenes and building out people's marketing campaigns for them. So that's where I really codified my knowledge, my expertise, and started helping people get who are not great at marketing, who are really great at their craft. They're excellent executive coaches or leadership coaches or trainers or educators, but they are not great marketers. And I help them understand how to build an expert business, position themselves to sell really high value five and six figure packages and scale. Yeah. Once I kind of started this practice over 20 years ago, as I said, I quickly discovered why a lot of performers have agents mm-hmm. because it's difficult to represent yourself sometimes yes. uh, and represent your best interest because we want approval and we want people to like us and we want them to like what we do. And so sometimes we're afraid to really quote them what the worth is because it's like, well, they'll reject me if I do that. So I'll, yes. I'll pull back and do this other. So Tell me about some of the success stories you've had. I read a couple of the things you had on your website, but tell our audience about some of the great things you've done for people. Well, I've helped anyone from a lot of my clients come to me and they're stagnant at quarter million to half a million. Mm-hmm. And it's typically because they've got grit and determination even to get your first quarter million or, and above. It's not an easy task. I always say that's almost more challenging than once you get money and you scale up, but they're really stuck at the center of their business. They can't do more to make more. They need fundamental changes in their strategy. They're typically vastly undercharging. You know, most of my clients are in their 40s to 50s or even 60s. They've got a ton of experience, but they haven't really capitalized on that. And so one of my success stories is Michelle. She's a business coach for the interior design industry, and she was stagnant at a quarter million, bouncing between a quarter million and 300,000 for three years. And we took her to seven figures during the pandemic. Not only did we do that, but she repeated that now this is her third seven figure year. So she's one. I've also taken people who had full-time jobs and, you know, I had a client, Chuck, and he had a full-time C-suite position, was ready, was done in healthcare. He was like, I'm over it. And his goal was to leave his job in four months of joining. He'd sold two six-figure contracts, replaced his salary and gave his notice. So we have many success stories, whether they're six figure success stories in terms of packages or six figures, just in terms of revenue or even seven figure success stories as well. Do you find that one of the things that holds them back is self-esteem? I wouldn't say that it's self-esteem because I'm not really working with people who lack so much confidence and they're in such fear that they can't move forward. I don't work with those people, bless them. I've worked with them in the past. I don't take them on as clients. I will say that there's some trepidation around owning their worth. There's a bit of imposter syndrome because I work with a lot of former CEOs, CFOs. One of my clients is the former CFO for Microsoft. So I work with these folks who have built insane careers, right? but when it comes to their coaching and consulting business, they're still undercharging, right? They still haven't fully figured out like, what are they worth? What is that genius worth? And I come in and I hold up that mirror and say, do you realize what you've accomplished in your life? And let's take this instead of you being put in a general category of executive coaches or leadership coaches or strategists, and let's really capitalize on your credibility, your expert, your decades of experience, your credentials, and let's position you as 
a true expert, a best in class. And so that you can attract better clients and make a lot more money. Wow. That sounds fantastic. So I don't know anything about your process. I've Ooh. seen some pictures because we're Facebook connected. Yes. I've seen you in your in group, you're working with a group or whatever, and the locations you do these things in are beautiful. Can you tell our audience if we have interested people out there, can you tell them a little bit about what the process is like? Absolutely. So there are five systems that we put in place to scale to the high six and seven figures. The first is your offer. This is your impact system. It's how you're going to make an impact in the world. So that means getting really clear on who you want to serve, what their pain points are, what their desires are. And then we work with you to codify your solution that's going to take them from the pain of their reality to the mountain of possibility to what they want to achieve. And so working with not only how to codify it, but how to, and here's the missing link for most entrepreneurs, how to powerfully, concisely communicate not only the value of your solution, but the value that you bring to the table as the expert deliverer of that solution. Oh, and then cool. we pack, you know, we package that all into your five or six figure offer. The second system we put in place is marketing. This is your influence system. It is the ability to drive awareness, excitement, and demand for your services. And this is a deep dive into three areas. One, audience building. And we do focus on LinkedIn because the majority of my clients are marketing to B2B. So it's the number one B2B platform or their marketing, whether it's a 4 million or whether it's a $400 million company, it's the same process. So building the audience and the name of the game is relevancy. As I mentioned before, we live in a highly distracted world, so we need to become highly relevant. And the busier people are, the higher up the food chain, the more clear and concise you have to be. So we do that with the right harder, harder to get their attention. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. why you got to be really good. And especially because a lot of people just miss the mark on messaging and the same tactics that work, you know, you're just in time for my webinar and join my challenge or summit, like that doesn't fly with CEOs. Right. So you've got to be really good in your messaging, very effective, and you have to have expert positioning. And a lot of people are positioned on a peer to peer level. And you can think about it like this. If you get on an elevator with a peer, you're going to get off on the same floor. Mm -hmm. If you get on the elevator with an expert, they're going to take you all the way to the top. So your positioning of your solution and who you are needs to be very strong. And that's what we work on. I love that example. <laughs> Great. The, uh, the elevator analogy did it for me. I, they did I, it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. The third one is sales and that's your money system. It's everything that happens before, during, and after a sales conversation. I mentioned a lot of my people are very busy, so we have to protect your time. And here's another thing, the higher the ticket, I'm talking about people selling $150,000 programs or quarter million dollar programs or 50 or 75, any of those, they're still ultra high ticket. So that requires more education in the front end. You're not selling a $27 product. You're not even getting on the phone, selling them a $3,000 coaching package where like, they're like, okay, three grand, it's big investment. And so having the right messaging and assets to pre-frame the buyer, to create trust and rapport. I mean, I've had people get on the phone with me and sign up immediately for a very serious investment because of the credibility I've built with that. And so that's essential understanding how to hold the container of a sales conversation, how to demonstrate authority, how to actually pitch effectively and without anything salesy or spammy or tricks or manipulate, right. like it doesn't work. I mean, this is very intelligent people that you're selling to sure. and it's relationship based, how to close the sale. So Jessica, then, can I ask you this? Yeah, go ahead. So don't lose your train of thought, but yeah. if you're selling a quarter of a million dollars package 
Do you have a multiple you assign to that in value, like what that should be worth, like a 10 times or a 11? Yeah. I try to avoid that. I really look okay. more because I mean, you can definitely do that for courses. And I could say that like for me, my sales training alone is worth 25,000. It's literally generated eight figures. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's it, the sales training alone is worth that or more. I could try to quantify that. Instead, I look at what's the ROI of your actual time. And based on where you've entered the program, what can we realistically achieve as a baseline goal? And what's our stretch goal? So that's the way I approach it rather than um, cool. just saying I'm worth a million, but you're only gonna pay a hundred or whatever. Right, right. I like your way better. <laughs> so two other systems, number yeah. four system is systems and team. This is what I call the least sexy part of what I teach because it is the most complicated, but it is the one that ultimately does create the most freedom for the business owner. And you have to have this to scale. Absolutely. Everybody wants to scale, but you have to have systems and team. You will scale through great people and great systems. That a quote by uh, James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems is absolutely true. So anybody who wants to build a seven-figure business, this is an essential one. So this is around the right automation, how we're growing your list, how we're growing your authority, who we're putting the right butts and right seats so that you can actually successfully operate the plane, moving you from solopreneur stuck at the center of your business to true CEO. And so um, some of your practices that you work with, they're not just solo practices. They have other people. They have to. Yeah. So if to, they to don't make the system work, right. Right. They, and so we have to hire the right people. It doesn't mean you have to have full-time employees. You can run your business with contractors. And of course we cash flow to get there, but you have to have the right people in place. And there's a lot of in, back in things to build out to truly scale. Like it's mind blowing the level of CEO growing pains that you can go through internally, not even from a marketing aspect. And then the final system is delivery. And this is actually your, my scale system. So a lot of other coaching and consulting companies, they are talking about more and more acquisition, you know, run a webinar, run Facebook ads, acquire, acquire, acquire. Well, what I've seen happen to my colleagues and to many coaching businesses is they actually break when they hit a million because they have negated the quality of the delivery. And so it's a balance. Like, of course, we have to be acquiring more clients, but we also need to make sure our delivery is tight and that we are delivering, especially with the big promise of high ticket and serious investments, that your delivery is strong from your onboarding to your training, your coaching, how you manage people, how you manage your calendar, which is a whole, I have a whole person who does that, <laughs> right? all of that so that they are happy. They hit their milestones. They reach their goals. They get their ROI. And then you can create those incredible testimonials and case studies. And the more people that you help, the more will want your help. It's true. And when you can focus on great delivery, you may not grow as fast as those people who focus just on acquisition, but you're going to have a better brand reputation and the longevity of your company, the growth, it's more long-term gains, but it's better. It's more sustainable. It's more predictable. I wish I would have met you a long time ago. <laughs> I've, I've been told that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you're going through all that, I'm like, yeah, mess that up. Yep. Yeah, mess that up. Yep. Yeah, mess that up. <laughs> Talk about learning through mistakes. And that's part of the process is people, you're going to make mistakes. I know I spent six figures building my business of mistakes. Yeah, so I think it's pretty common. Most people come to me and they've bought into a lot of different things. They've kind of cobbled stone things together 
and it just takes time to build it right. Yes. My program is a year long, this particular program, because there is no eight week to scale your company, despite what you might see on your Facebook ads or something. Yeah. I was going to ask that how long the program is. So it's a year. For this particular expert accelerator, it is a year because it's the systems that we have to put in place and the people aspect, there's just time and it, you got to roll up your sleeves and do the work. And I always tell people who are newer in their journey, it's actually easier for them in some ways, even though they don't have as much cash flow because they've got time on their side. My business owners that are already making five, 600,000, it's intense to go from that to seven figures because your time is so finite. So we have to really reclaim your time so that you can actually work on the business versus in the business right. in order to execute on the strategies to finally break seven figures. And do you have shorter and longer programs also? Or I do have a more intense program as well. That, a more uh, intense program. <laughs> no, a shorter, no, oh, like a shorter, oh, inten oh, a shorter an intensive. No, no, no. It doesn't scale that is launching in the fall. I got you. Great. Yes. All right. Well, I've got 12 closing questions. I ask every guest that comes okay. on the show. So this will help our audience get to know you a little bit better to expand on what we talked about earlier. Okay. What's the best memory that comes to mind for you? Being on my dad's shoulders as a kid. What's your dad's name? Tom. Tom. Who's the number one hero in your life? Mm, I would say my mom. What's she's her name? Sherry. Like I said, she's a total, a total badass. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> What's the top value you subscribe to? Mm, integrity. Who's the most important person in your life? My beautiful daughter, Deja. I thought that had to be the answer. For that. <laughs> What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Oh, my favorite thing. Oh my goodness. Being in nature. My money was on teaching. I got that one wrong. Oh, okay. That would be a close second. What's your favorite food? Hmm. My favorite food. Oh my gosh. An acai bowl. Most beautiful place you've ever visited. This ought to be a good one. I would say the beaches of Thailand are some of the most beautiful. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Fulfillment. How do you want to be remembered? As someone who showed people their potential and unlocked their greatness. If you could go back and talk to a young Jessica, what's the advice you would give? Take care of yourself sooner. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your favorite sound? Mm, the sound of my daughter's laugh. And of all the lessons you've learned so far, what's the best lesson? Your happiness matters. So for all our coaches and consultants and trainers or people who are thinking about going into that endeavor, how do they find out more about you and what you offer and how to get in touch with you and stuff? Definitely check out my website, jessicayarbrough.com and follow me on LinkedIn. That is where I am at on a daily basis. Send me a connection request. Let me know you heard me on the show and I will accept. If you want to get in Jessica's client possibility pool, you need to be on LinkedIn. That's right. I'll see it. If you don't know how to use it, I'm going to teach you. <laughs> Jessica Yarborough, everybody. Stand by. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. Oh, oh. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. 
Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Master Coach Tony Richards. And this week, I've got three big ideas. And as usual, you can journal these out or you can use them in your strategic thinking time. You can use them as coaching questions for your employees. There's just all kinds of ways you can use these great big ideas. But here comes number one. One of the most powerful catalysts to your ability to deliver high-level performance is the view you have of yourself and how healthy that view is. So your self-esteem, I mean, it governs so much of our attitude and our behavior, the way we love ourselves, the way we care about ourselves, the way we think about ourselves. It helps us bounce back from tough times. It helps us get through tough times. It helps us manage personal, psychological, and emotional pain when we're in growth spurts or when things are not going as well as we'd like them to. It also can, if it's not healthy, if our self-esteem is not healthy, it can cause us to self-sabotage ourselves and short-circuit our plans, almost like I know life is going to short-circuit me, so I'm going to do it to myself before life has a chance to or before someone else does. So the view we have of ourselves, so important. Big idea number two, one of the most powerful catalysts to your ability to deliver high performance is how much value you place on yourself and how much value you place on your performance. How significant do you think the work you're doing is? I mean, if you place a high value on what you go to do every day, you'll do it with more diligence. You'll do it with more quality. So you have to ask yourself, am I getting personal fulfillment from what I'm trying to accomplish every day? Do I think it's high impact and highly significant work? And I want you to know too, that you may think that the things that you're doing on a daily basis might not be a big deal, but that might just be the way you're looking at it. Sometimes we have a tendency to minimize our contributions or the things that we're doing, and that's not good. Well, also, sometimes, quite frankly, there are people who overvalue their contributions and they think that what they're doing has way more impact than it really does. So having a balanced viewpoint on that and one way to make sure that you're balanced is to get feedback from other people. And don't go to people that you know what their response is going to be. They're going to build you up no matter what. They're just enablers. Go to people who have a clear view and can give you some honest, good feedback on the significance of your contribution. And big idea number three this week is one of the most powerful catalysts to your ability to deliver high performance is your view of what you wish you were really like or your ideal self and how healthy that viewpoint is. 
I've been on a lifestyle change here in 2022, and I've really been focusing on changing my body and changing my health and the way that I think about my health. As I've gotten older, you know, I have less energy to be able to do stuff. I think that just happens to you as human beings, as you age. But I've really tried to make a good effort toward living longer. And I know I'll live longer from a natural standpoint if I do a better job of taking care of my body and taking care of myself from a health standpoint. So I've really tried to make changes there. And part of the way that I've done that in my process is I've tried to have a realistic viewpoint of the Tony I want to be. And quite frankly, it does get hard sometimes. And I do take days off sometimes and go off of my eating plan or I go off my exercise plan. I don't go off for weeks at a time. I just maybe take a free day or maybe take a free meal. But I always go back to when I get weak and we all get weak because if we rely on willpower only, that's going to run out. There's only a certain amount of willpower that you have especially if you've been doing something for a long period of time. We call that institutional behavior where you've been eating a certain way your whole life. And now all of a sudden you're going to try to change the way you eat. But what I always go back to is the desire and the willingness of what I really want to be and what I want my body to look like or be like what my ideal self would be in a realistic fashion. And when I get weak and I think about reaching for that candy bar or that piece of cake, I go back to that viewpoint of like, that is not moving me toward the person I want to be. It's actually moving me away from the person I want to be. And that empowers me a lot of times to just say no to that. Right. So back to the idea, one of the most powerful catalysts to your ability to deliver high performance is your view of what you wish you were really like your ideal self and how healthy that viewpoint is. There's some things about yourself you're never going to be able to change. And that's not healthy to focus on that. But the things that are within your control, the things that you can work on, the things that you can change, that's very healthy to have a desire to want to improve those things. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by the folks at University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4, and you can also follow our company at Clear Vision DEV. You can join my free Facebook page at Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. Special thanks, as always, to our super producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit right here again next week on Better Than Before, I'm Tony Richards reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.